The Green Room is brought to you today by Amazon. Click the Amazon link on SeanTGreen.com to support The Green Room today. And now, live from Silver Lake, California, the host of The Green Room, Sean Green. All right, everyone. Welcome to The Green Room Comedy Podcast. We're doing it live here in Silver Lake, beautiful Silver Lake. And uh, we are not in Sherman Oaks. We are in the Silver Lake's home studio where, uh, you know, Looks like where I'm going to be broadcasting for the time being. I'm no longer going to be uh, doing it live in Sherman Oaks with LA Talk Radio. Nothing personal. Good guys over there. Like the way they uh, do business. Got no complaints. Logistically, uh, this uh, seemed to be a better fit. And uh, I'd like to welcome on. No Logan today. Logan is doing some fishing with his folks up in uh, Lake in Wisconsin. I hope he doesn't mind me uh, revealing that on air. I don't want to embarrass Logan in any way, shape, or form. But uh, instead of Logan, we have the uh, next, best, next best thing, possibly even better, Casey Faye. Casey, thanks for coming on the show, man. Thanks for having me. So let me get this uh, straight. It's, uh, it's logistically easier for you to do a podcast where you don't have to leave your house. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I thought that could oh, yeah. You know, and uh, yeah, I mean, there's other contributing uh, factors, but... Um, gas prices these days. Gas prices these days. <laughs> I, I, I got to tell you, one... Um, well, the, the phrase that's really been driving me crazy, at least uh, as of late, mm-hmm. a lot of things drive me crazy. Right. I'm an honorary fellow. Yeah. And uh, what's what drive me crazy recently is everyone likes to throw in the phrase, in this economy, to explain mm-hmm. every whatever you're selling, whatever you're doing, in this economy yeah. is how you sell it at the end. Oh, in this economy, even when we're talking to NFL football salary cap, in this economy, uh, NBA lockout, in this economy, gas prices, in this economy, job market, in this economy. I do that. I, I do that same thing. <laughs> I know. It, it's weird. You're almost doing imitation of people like, oh, yeah, this is just such a hackneyed, tired phrase. I'm just going to throw it out here regardless of uh, you know whether it has any merit, and it for a guy who's never been financially successful, it make <laughs> isn't it kind of annoying yeah. when people are like, oh man, uh, four years ago they were just printing money. I was in the job market four years <laughs> yeah. ago. Money was not being printed my way. Yeah, that's I mean that's the nice thing about having a bad economy is I feel like I it's, I can just say, oh no, <laughs> I, I would be doing great. If there was uh, real things going on, it's not just that I'm poor no matter – because I'm lazy. <laughs> yeah. It's this damn economy that's holding me down. Right. And it is uh, It is funny. Like, um, we were hanging out today. Uh, well, first off, th- thanks for uh, thanks for coming in. We're recording this super late night, one thirteen a.m. on the yeah, radio dial. Party. Originally, we had it set up. I had it set up in the laptop, in the living room, kitchen mm-hmm. area. Real nice setup. It was. It Egg was. cartons on the wall, keeping sound, <laughs> everything. Exactly. It's like it was hustle and flow. You've seen exactly, flow. yeah. Casey was in the corner just yelling, whoop that trick, <laughs> yeah. trying to get me hyped up. <laughs> you know, no, it was all ready to go, and then we ran into the technical difficulties, the technical difficulty being uh, the laptop I have is a piece of shit, which is just <laughs> consistent with every piece of equipment I own. At some point, it's just a tidal wave of crap I own, you know, uh, whether it be my car, golf clubs, which got stolen recently. And, uh, you know, yeah, it was. I got a theory on that. Sure. Um, uh, Because, at least for me, all my stuff started breaking at the same time. And I realized there was a time when I had a real job and made real money. (laughs) And that was the last time I bought anything. And then, you know, after five to six years after that, everything slowly broke one at a time. My iPod, then my phone, then my... 
you know? <laughs> in this I economy? Love, I just love the shoulder shrug. Hey, man, what am I going to do? In this economy? <laughs> in this economy? It is funny. Los Angeles is the one place where having a job is kind of a turnoff or just like, oh, he's he's got a day job. You know, like yeah. you when you go out, it, it, we're obviously doing comedic things and, and mm-hmm. comedy and such like that. But, you know, like today everyone was hanging out by my pool and then I got to go deliver groceries for a six-hour <laughs> shift and I feel like a complete a-hole. In reality, in this economy, in this economy. people are desperate for jobs. But in Los Angeles, even in this economy, people are like, oh, you have a job? Like there's – it's not it's not overtly said. No one will no one will actually ever make fun of you for having a job, especially right. a job where you're kind of doing work. Like, yeah, oh, hey, maybe. I'm delivering groceries. Ah, that's real salt of the earth. But yep. in the back of their head, that doesn't impress a girl. No girl – in L.A., it's almost better not to have a job and to have something on the horizon or just – yeah, I'm, I'm going to a lot of auditions right now. I'm, I'm yeah. you know, I'm working on a lot of pitches. And I'm going on auditions, and I'm working on a lot of pitches. I'm doing that, but I also have to have a job. And, yeah, there is something that I wish I could just say, no, I don't have a job, or this, just this, like, decadent L.A. lifestyle that I've never been able to fully enjoy. Totally. L.A. is the one city when I quit my job, no one asked me, oh, what's your next step? What's your <laughs> – all anyone says is congratulations. <laughs> yeah. I I quit like any, if I if I'd have been in Minneapolis when I quit or when I did when I was living in Minneapolis I had a decent job I quit my job everyone's first question oh my god what are you gonna do why did you hate it what <laughs> happened is you know out here no one asks the second other oh, just congratulations <laughs> yeah no they just assume so oh yeah he's he's got to make it. <laughs> yep. yep success is right around the corner yep and you convince yourself like yeah this is it this is the move this is the right move. And and there is something to having your day completely free to pursue that and mm-hmm. obviously having more time to focus on any kind of creative endeavor. There's definitely something to that. It's tar- it's hard though. Like I find that I might like especially for me, I my favorite kind of high is a sunny day. Uh, especially sunny day in a pool. If I can get sunny day in a pool high, that's like that's my dream. I don't really like being high at night or whatever. I mean, I don't mind it. I'm, I'm high right now. It's <laughs> 1 a.m. But uh, my favorite thing is like a sunny day. And in California, every day is like that. Right. So it takes a little bit of willpower. And, and it, it is weird. I'm you, losing. You, yeah, you do, <laughs> you do. You walk around and you just see people not having jobs in yeah. this ideal lifestyle and – you're just like, wait, why am I not totally enjoying this? And then you feel like a loser, and then you start enjoying it, and then you realize, oh my god, I gotta make some money at some point. Perfect example. Yesterday, I was, or it was uh, last week, maybe. I, I was walking over here, had my swimsuit towel, uh, sandals. You know, I, I'm obviously look like I'm not doing anything today. Right. It's like two, three in the afternoon, and I walk by a Mexican day laborer who's like lifting something off a truck, <laughs> just pouring with sweat. You know, just been out in the sun all day, and I was just like, man. I, I, if I was that guy, I would want to beat me up right now. Right. But I'm going to go swim in this pool, man. Yeah. That's what I'm going to go do. Yeah. No, and and somehow you feel like you earned it or somebody, or you just, hey, why not? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. I definitely didn't earn it. By no <laughs> means did I earn it. I don't. It's not even my pool. It's yours. Uh, but I just had the opportunity. And, God damn and it's I'm not even advantage. my pool. I'm renting it from this guy. <laughs> That's true. And we have these upstairs neighbors. We won't get into that because <laughs> some of our uh, jerk-off friends decided to be friends with them on Facebook. Oh, really? Yeah. So we wow. got we got the potential Facebook friendship looming, which oh, is no. tough to tough to say no when you're sharing a, a common wall. Yeah. You might hear them from time to time, uh, stomping around on the uh, upstairs uh, floor. There, here's the thing: I um, I mentioned the uh, grocery delivering job. I usually don't like to brag about that, <laughs> but it's true. I'm a 28 uh, year old grown man delivering groceries, <laughs> and uh, it's it's weird. Like I was before this job, I actually worked with you in uh, corporate America, yep. and 
there is some, I do kind of enjoy this more. It, first off, the money is probably the same, if not better. I mean, depending on how people are tipping, mm-hmm. it, you know, in this economy. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the money, whatever, it's probably close to the same. But there's something just – there's no corporate culture. Mm-hmm. Like you, you go there, you're in the grocery store or this kind of like warehouse thing. People are hanging around. They, um, there's like coarse language. People are talking about how they want to have sex with the other people. There's, <laughs> there's sexual tension. Uh, there's uh, you know people saying uh, to go f themselves. Right. Bosses are openly talking about uh, drinking and partying. <laughs> there's no like there's no sensitivity. Yeah. People talk to each other. People like grab ass is is going around <laughs> like hotcakes. Really. I'm saying, well, no. I mean, like, people hug each other. Yeah, and sure. There's some flirting. There's a lot of, like, um, you, you know, these... Invo- uh, you get involved in any of that flirting? No. Grab- no, How I'm about not. grab ass? <laughs> no. No? Well, it was, it was real weird uh, tonight because I was working the night shift, and normally I don't, but the it was, like, all these girls who pull the orders and stuff like that, the mm-hmm. grocery doors. The delivery guys are mostly uh, guys because, you know, you need, you need directions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. Women pick out the groceries, <laughs> men deliver them. Okay. It's... Yeah. it's <laughs> Uh, they uh, they gather, we hunt. Right, yeah. It's not really hunting. It's dropping off sacks of groceries to weird shut-ins. But <laughs> the, the premise is the same there, Casey. It's pretty much hunting. But uh, And they were ranking the delivery drivers by hotness. And I was like, girls, you don't need to look at the schedule. I'm right here. And I didn't even get the courtesy <laughs> laugh. I, I, I live for the courtesy laugh. Yeah. When, when flirting, yeah. I live for the courtesy <laughs> laugh. But uh, this, this job is great for uh, warm-up flirting, as I like to say. Because warm-up flirting. I don't even know what that is. What it is is it's it's flirting with without the pressure of knowing it'll go anywhere. Whereas you're flirting with a girl at a bar, oh hey, it could lead somewhere. Yeah. Or you're flirting with a girl at work, oh hey, it could lead somewhere. Yeah. There's there's pressure to mess this up. When I'm dropping off groceries, no girl, you know, I realize okay. where I fall I in this. Yeah. You know, hey, make some eye contact. Mm-hmm. Hey, how's your day going? Oh, blah blah blah. I like drinking wine. Wow, that's <laughs> hilarious. You know, I'm I'm, I'm slowly cracking the. So warm up uh, flirting is like talking to women. <laughs> Yes, I guess. Okay. It is is flirting, but I guess in my head I feel like there's less pressure, which probably goes to show (laughs) why my normal flirting isn't up to par. Yeah. But, um, yeah, tonight, uh, well, first off, yeah, I keep uh, bouncing around this story. I show up to work, and as I'm uh, putting on my work shirt in my car, I don't like to wear the work shirt while I'm driving, not the uh, work car. It's a, it's a uniform shirt. Yeah. Some, it's a psychological thing. Sure, yeah. I'm on You're my not time. Yet. Yeah. I'm on my time. Yeah, I'm not going to wear your shirt while I'm not on your time. Yeah. I'll, I'll hey when I'm when I clock in, my shirt will be tucked in, my belt will be there. Yep. I'll do it. Yeah. Don't I'll be a good soldier. I know how to work for a living. But when I'm driving there, that's my time. That's yeah. Sean's time. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to enjoy my white T-shirt that I'm going to wear. So I'm there. I throw on my shirt in my car. I get out there. I, get out start walking into work and this girl goes hey do all you drivers drive like motherfucking assholes first off she's dead on and <laughs> and so i'm startled immediately just because a woman's yelling at me i'm like what the what the heck is going on yeah. and and then i turn around and i see this guy that was riding bikes with this girl quickly realized they must be dating or whatever he's in the face with this driver they're they're um, they're like right that you like the hot breath is on each other. Yeah, like they are just going, 
But they, they do this uh, – I, I see it a lot in California or just in general with guys who don't want to fight yeah. but want to show like they want to fight. Oh, man, I will I will, I will oh, mess yeah. you up. I will oh, fight yeah. you. I oh, will fight right. you. But they kept waiting for the other guy to start the fight. And it, it was weird. And, I, you know, it, it's this weird jersey thing because I'm wearing a yummy shirt. The other guy's wearing a yummy shirt. And I'm friendly with a guy. We've never hung out outside of work. But immediately I'm like – do I have his back? Like, am yeah. I gonna have to beat up this random dude? Like, how <laughs> how how deep does this grocery uh, delivery job go? Yeah. And the guy and his breath was just reeking of alcohol. The guy he was arguing with, and uh, you know, then eventually the, the employee walked away. The other guy walked away. I'm like, chill out, man. What, relax. Like, what's and and I'm kind of laughing because it's it's hard not to laugh. When something kind of serious like that is going on and you have no idea, like you just walked into the situation, you have nothing vested in it. So yeah. you're just, you're kind of an outsider, but you're in it. So you get that adrenaline rush, but you're not like, it, it was, it was a, it was a weird experience. Kind of, kind of weird because Hollywood has that extra crazy thing. Yeah, going definitely. No, I think any, just anyone caring a lot about anything is kind of funny to me. <laughs> like in a bad way that like, I mean, I think just if you're too into anything, it's just hilarious to me. Right. And I think that's like getting in a fight is it, you're just like probably too into steroids, but otherwise you're just like <laughs> too into just like this anger at this moment. Yeah. Just uh, too into your own masculinity. Yeah. And then the the other employee kept telling me, "Oh man, if I wasn't on the clock, I would have totally beat him right. up." Right. Yeah, you would have. And and hey, I get it. Yeah. As a guy, you got to save face. And the other guy, <laughs> he's he's riding bikes with his drunk girlfriend. Yeah, of course he's going to try and start something. He did the move where he, I guess, he punched the van. Oh uh, <laughs> right. Come on, at least kick the van just for your like, own I wish personal this was safety. You. I wish that this was you. <laughs> and I guess, I guess last night in Hollywood, oh the riots. Yeah, do, do you know that? I don't know a lot about this story. No, there was a DJ. I just read about it today. There was a DJ, and he didn't have like millions of followers. I think he has like I think it was like a couple hundred thousand, maybe a few hundred thousand. I don't know. Um, but he just like tweeted. They were doing a premiere for a documentary about rave or club music or something. He's like, hey, let's have a impromptu dance party out front of this thing and show up yeah and like 200 people showed up on like a flatbed so something must have been prearranged but then just all these other kids started coming and then i guess people started running down in traffic right in like hollywood and highland which is like a busy intersection yeah uh and so then the cops started freaking out and um, yeah i i heard something that i guess they flipped over a squad car jesus rave kids huh yeah ecstasy you think, yeah you glow think sticks and flipping <laughs> over cars yeah you don't think um you don't think, uh, you know, consumed with rage when you think ravers. You no. think you, I just imagine someone tripping or you know getting on some crazy drug high, chewing on a pacifier. You don't you don't picture acts of hate or flipping over a car. I mean, that takes a lot of anger, either at a sports team or you've right. been drinking. Right. I mean, I imagine there was probably some drinking involved. Yeah. I mean, let's let's be honest. If you're flipping over a car because your team won a championship of some kind, right? Understandable. Yeah, you know, exactly. Not, not what you should strive for, but it's understandable. It's a different kind of ecstasy. It's right. an ecstasy that, um, <laughs> you know, me as a Philadelphia Eagles fan may never uh, experience. But if a DJ is just playing some hot jams <laughs> yes. outside Hollywood and Highland, you don't need to be flipping over a, a car. <laughs> it's the craziest dance move of all time, the car flip. God, who loves raves that much that they're and, like, this one can't <laughs> stop. We're outside in a tourist attraction, shitty part of Hollywood. We and, need to party. And, and maybe I'm just getting old, but who cares about raves? I, I thought <laughs> yeah. raves went the way of the dodo bird. Like, yeah. I thought raves were okay. They The raves were kind of 
Okay, the anti-grunge. Okay, yep. okay, first we had to rebel against the 80s music that was too techno-y. So we get grunge, which is just the guitars, the uh, I don't give a crap about my looks. Mm-hmm. And then the late 90s, you got the Nine Inch Nails, your Chemical Brothers. and you, Oh, hey, we discovered a synthesizer. Hey, everyone's got computers. Okay, cool, technology music. I just want to dance, man. Yes. Yeah, I, 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 I literally thought raves happened uh, like in the, I guess, yeah, early 90s, something like that. And then like Dateline 2020, a bunch of people did a story about how kids are dying of ecstasy. And then like they just stopped. Yeah. And but apparently kids are hopping them back up. <laughs> well, so I California think... ravers too. Those have got to be. I mean, Southern California kids are some of the. No offense to anyone, biggest pussies I've ever met in my life. <laughs> the fact. But that, see, that's the thing. You can say that openly, and no yeah. one will get mad. Yeah. Because a, most of the people living in Southern California aren't from here, and b, if they were from here, they are totally pussies, and they <laughs> yeah. wouldn't fight you. They wouldn't yeah. get angry. No, yeah. one, you're not going to get an angry email, and that's just not because no one's listening. It's because they don't <laughs> care, yeah. they, and they've just like, they've they've just grown soft, and like you said, in these uh, sunny days of just laying around and and soaking up their whiteness or whatever, they they've just kind of consumed this easy lifestyle. I, I think there is something. I remember when my dad would say, uh, you know, if we the hot water heater was busted and it, you'd have to take a cold shower, my dad would go, hey, that builds character. Or, oh, my God, Dad, right. it's 98 degrees and humid, and I have to cut the lawn. Oh, it builds character. You know what you don't have in Southern California? A lot of character building. <laughs> yeah. You're not out there with a scraping off your windshield. You're not off no. there mowing your lawn. Oh, you got a Latin fellow to do it. You're not. You're not doing as much kind of. There is something, there's a little bit of bite in life that you experience in the Midwest and the East Coast at Southern California. You don't have that bite. And that's why people move here. There's no bite, which is <laughs> which is appealing. Nice I yeah. got bitten enough. I'm good. Right. That's why I'm moving here. And that's when you hear people say, oh, I don't know if I'd want to raise a kid here. It kind of makes sense because I think as a kid, you kind of need that dichotomy of, hey, this is uh, – Life kind of kicking your ass. This is life being cool. You have a little more up and down. And that's what I also don't understand. Why, if you're going to, if you're living in Southern California, all the things you could do, why would you want to just be in a sweaty warehouse for three and a half hours? It's a beautiful night out tonight. <laughs> yeah. Okay? There's, there's plenty of things you can do. There's probably, what, did you get tired of pool hopping in your suburban enclaves? <laughs> right. Oh, okay, when the pool's drained, then you start a skateboard culture that takes off. Uh, like, There's a million cool things to do in California except go and just listen to awful music in a hot, sweaty environment. There's emerging artists in every kind of genre that you want to hear, but instead you want to just hear a guy mess around with music that was recorded already. It, it makes this no economy? sense. <laughs> In this economy? Come on. That's a slippery slope, Casey. Come on, That's kid. a slippery slope. I'm I'm sorry I even brought that up. That's right. The in this economy. <laughs> no, I'm never I'm I'm gonna use that for the rest of this interview. Okay. Is well, this even considered an interview? Or is I don't know. Thing? It's don't just it's it just two guys doing a podcast. Cool. But um I get Sounds gonna... like sounds like you want a little bit of interviewing. <laughs> I, I can interview you, Casey. Uh, probably not. You uh, recently appeared on Tash Point O. That's your, true. Um, sketch group. <laughs> <laughs> Jump, jumping right into it. No. Got business. Uh, uh, there, I know there's no visual, but I'll describe for the listeners at home. But Casey did a like a uh, like a solemn head nod, and it's like, okay, this is business talk. <laughs> like, okay, I want to make sure I get the plugs yeah. in the promos. I got to think, yeah, who I got to name yeah, that. Right. You want it? You don't want to offend anyone. Make mm-hmm. sure you get your network on i yeah. get it casey yeah but no i um 
I'm not a uh, I'm not like a diehard sketch guy. I, I don't know. Whatever. The, for the most part, I, I don't really not not a not a big sketch guy just mm-hmm. in general. But um, I thought that um, you guys did uh, your sketch group cream did a five minute skit for uh, what was the company? It was uh, the Funnier Dies first ever uh, T-Mobile sketch competition that they did. Yeah, like that. Was the first. they picked three groups and we and then we all did some sketches. Uh, they gave us a little bit of budget, which is awesome. I think people don't realize, like, those videos that we do, like, we're spending our own money for the most part, you know. Now we occasionally people throw us a little bit of money here and there. But uh, so just to have money to do a video was fun. So, uh, yeah, we made a video, uh, and then one segment of it got on uh, on Tosh.0. Uh, great people over there at Comedy Central. We love the we love the people. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, uh, but no, uh, it was actually weird because my parents don't have like DVR or anything. Yeah. So they had to watch it. They had to like. They had to watch the entire Tosh Point. Yeah. Though. And um and the one we did was particularly. Um, I, I don't watch all the Tosh Point, but from what I see, by far the gayest episode. Very not, homoerotic. Not yeah. Not in like yeah. Not in a. Uh, in a negative way, just in a gay like lot, like it was right. a gay guy uh, giving massages to the stash, staff of Tosh Point with his hard nipples naked. It yeah. was like it was it was very and so uh, my parents missed the first showing of it, so they stayed up till like uh, midnight or twelve thirty or something watching this, and it's like one of the last things in the entire show. <laughs> <laughs> and so I totally until I'm watching it, and then it seems like oh my god, my parents are at home watching this. Case. Uh, Called them the next day. So what you what you think? <laughs> we liked your stuff. Uh, yeah. Well, that's always that's dad, always... dad had to close his eyes for <laughs> some of the stuff before you. Dad had to close his eyes. I love that. That's such an old man move. If I close my eyes, gays don't exist. I get it. I did the same thing. I, unlike your parents, have DVR. Right. And. I, I was fast-forwarding. Well, at first I was just like, oh, hey, Casey was on. I'm going to watch it. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, ah, this kind of sucks. So I started fast-forwarding, <laughs> and then I saw the gay stuff, and I was like, oh, yeah, extreme fast-forward. Yeah, and, like, the first thing was, like, a naked guy stuff, and then the second thing was this uh, this gay gentleman from West Hollywood who gives naked <laughs> who gives naked massages. He's pretty old, uh, and he literally gets his nipples really hard and then, like, rubs people's bodies with his nipples. Um, so it was uh, it was a lot, and then we came on and did our little thing for forty five seconds, and then and then that yeah, was no, it. it's a uh, it's a it's a very funny skit. Do, mm-hmm. I don't well, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll, do you want to do you want to explain the skit? Uh, yeah, sure. It's basically just like uh, cops giving uh, bad bad news to a woman whose son died by uh, instead of telling her, they just peel off the uh, the decal in her back window of her car and just tell her that she's not going to need this one anymore because the guy died. So yeah, yeah. I don't know if um, I'm I'm trying to think if this is a Southern California thing or not but they have on uh on back of windows for some reason people have little I'd, stick figures i've like, seen them like because I, I lived in australia for a little while and i'd seen them even out there so i think it's like a pretty universal thing by now oh, okay. but it is pretty it is pretty predominant out here yep um, you can always tell oh okay soccer mom yeah have like you have like your dog your kids your yeah or you're just like oh okay nine stick figures oh yep. it must be a latin yeah <laughs> or catholic just catholic i think <laughs> exactly irish catholic yeah not that big in the southern california it, it, it inflames our skin we can't we can't hang <laughs> we can't hang down here <laughs> But yeah, that was uh, that was a particularly gay episode. The, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it was uh, a very a very funny skit. One Thank of you. my one of my favorites of your um, material, Casey. Thank you. Your catalog there. <laughs> Let's take a listen to this. Uh, we'll right. dip a little bit into the news, Casey. Now that we're done with the interview portion, <laughs> all right, we killed that. This is uh, this is uh, Alex Trebek. Alex Trebek shows up at a, a Google conference event for some reason. But Was he invited, or he just kind of came to check it out? Or? 
You know, I, know. I didn't I didn't do that much research. Yeah. I was too yeah. busy uh, curse, cursing at the laptop and yeah. and just like wanting to throw everything out the window. Yeah, I was there. Yeah, you were there. <laughs> and it, it was. Real quick, coming back to that, we kept sound checking it. <laughs> so you would do the sound test of like, "Hey, this is Sean. Hey, this is Casey," and then it would just be like, "Okay, this is how we're gonna. This is the one. <laughs> this is the one." And then yeah. <laughs> I was just like, "Oh, we should have just cut this together and <laughs> use this as the podcast." Uh, and I was on a deadline too, so I was like, just trying to come to that. That sounds pretty good. Like this right. is this isn't yeah. this isn't bad. Yeah, and you, you get in this weird zone where you're like, "Yeah, no, that's fine." <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, it's just like. like yeah, for some reason, the laptop was feeding it incorrectly, and it was just, like, sounding robotic. And then you're like, ah, maybe my voice is just a little robotic. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's just it. it. So, anyway, Alex Trebek is at Google, which you think of all, of all companies that would want to have Alex Trebek, that would be the last one. Like, Google essentially is the most powerful trivia machine. You bring Alex Trebek. I don't know why he was there. Yeah. Guest speaker, whatever. He shows up. He's on crutches. And obviously you have to explain why you're on crutches. Yeah. That's uh, part of the deal. So this is uh, this is Alex Trebek at the Google conference or, I don't know, whatever. Some Google guys get together. <laughs> Take a listen. At 2.30 yesterday morning. Chasing a burglar. Oh wait, hold up. Sorry, let me uh, let me make sure I get the uh, beginning part of this. <laughs> the answer is uh, <laughs> at two thirty yesterday morning. Chasing a burglar down the hall at my San Francisco hotel until my Achilles tendon <laughs> ruptured and I <laughs> fell in an ignominious heap to the carpeting. Wow, talk time game. Talk about pity laugh right there. Yeah. Game show host was staying at this San Francisco hotel when he realized someone else was in the room. He started after her. Very infuriating because I knew immediately what had happened. I mean, the snap and the sound. Uh, I've played sports all my life, and I haven't talked to any athletes about what the experience is like when you uh, <laughs> blow out your Achilles tendon, but I knew right away. I said, oh, gosh. Trebek says he managed to give security a good description of the burglar, identified as 56-year-old Lucinda Moyers. Now, that's, um, well, first off, you think being Alex Trebek is a good gig. Okay, that's fine. But you you underestimate the fact that he has to do that what is every time he has a conversation with people. How could he not catch a 56-year-old woman? (laughs) Running from him. And you you got to imagine that woman in jail. She is loving this story. Yeah, do you think – so she she must have been – if she's 56, I don't assume that there's a lot of 56-year-old burglars. Uh, <laughs> she must have been like a Jeopardy super fan was trying to steal something from him, you think? I, I, I would either say that or meth just because uh, of the, yeah. the brazenness of it That's and true. just the kind of – Grabbing of cash. Did I tell you my friend was on Jeopardy? He won for a few days. No. Uh, so I went to a filming, and um, Alex Trebek um, seemed like a huge asshole. <laughs> he seemed like a crotchety old guy. <laughs> we we were there like the he uh, we were there for the filming. It was and it was like they filmed like six episodes a day. Um, so we were there for a few hours because my buddy won like three, and. Um, uh, and he, they just shown the Watson episodes on TV like the week before, 
And oh, did he fucking hate Watson? He was it, to him that was because he doesn't even use computers or emails or anything. So to him, the fact that this Wait, fucking Alex computer, Trebek doesn't use computers. No, he like in fact someone like someone asked him a question about that, and he like said, "I don't do it." Like someone asked him something about new media, and he's like, "I don't do any of that texting or tweeting or emailing or and like all the old people in the audience gave him like almost a standing <laughs> ovation, like yeah. And I was like, oh, you're. Your life is interacting with information from a computer screen. That's like, you should do that. Um, but he would just, and he just, it, it's as if you just want to say, like, that fucking Watson. Like, he would just, <laughs> he just hated that thing. Um, so I could, I could see him chasing someone out of his out of his place just to be like, oh, I can't believe this is happening. <laughs> he was, he was very, he was very angry, it sounds, about blowing out his Achilles. Like, what... First off, dude, what else are you going to use your Achilles for? You're 71 <laughs> years old. You stand behind a podium yeah. all day. Eh, who cares? You blow out your Achilles. It's a great story. When was the last time we heard news about Alex Trebek? Yeah. And that's a cool story. And first off, when you first read the news, when it, when the news first broke, it made it seem like he played an active role in apprehending the person. Yeah. No, he just gave a description to <laughs> the yeah. security people. And he bragged about it. So he like wanted the newscast to say, uh, and make sure that you tell him I gave him a, a really good description. Like That was part of the story. <laughs> right. And the, the really good description... I mean, you already saw him throwing out some uh, vocab that I have no idea what it means. <laughs> These security guards are probably like, uh, I, sorry, Alex, I, I didn't get a 780 on my SATs. Who knows if Alex Trebek is actually really smart? Right. It is funny when people get angry at Alex Trebek, like, oh, he thinks he's so smart. <laughs> but he does. He, do, he, yeah. does, he does put off a little, um, it's kind of arrogant. <laughs> Uh, oh yeah, great description, Alex. You mean the uh, the lady that took the elevator and was running out in the lobby that we grabbed? Okay, yeah, thanks for the description. Yeah, she's fifty six. We just grabbed her. <laughs> the old crazy lady. I can't. Either way, there's no way she's a fit fifty six. No, of course not. If if you're fifty six years old and you're fit and you're I mean, stealing, that means you have your life together, right? If you're fifty six and you're stealing, you're not in good shape. No, there's no way. Yeah, because just the the kind of discipline that you would need to be in shape at 56 doesn't go hand in hand with the yeah you would have your life in some sort of order. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah, you wouldn't be robbing poor Alex Trebek. Yeah, and I guess he got his wallet back with the credit cards, but somehow they they got her, and uh, somehow she stored the cash in a bracelet that he had his mother had given him. It was the only oh I gotta play this now. <laughs> All right, uh, well. I don't feel like uh, scrolling all the way yeah, through it again. Right. He, but, yeah, yeah, he's he's uh, all remissed about, oh, my God, uh, this piece of uh, jewelry my mother gave me. All right, I get it, Alex. It's, uh, <laughs> it's important. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know why I'm hating on him for a uh, – you know, I'm I'm all uh, I'm all up in arms because someone stole my golf clubs. If anyone's listening to this podcast that's seen a uh, guy lefty with this shitty pair of golf clubs, feel free to give me a call. You really think the guy who stole your golf clubs is using your golf clubs? I feel like he just sells that the minute he gets golf clubs. You know what? That's what I was thinking. Unless you got them stolen like at a golf course. This is the this is the real quandary. If I may steal a word from Alex Trebek, that's <laughs> probably a little low rent for his blood. Yeah. This is the problem. They were in my trunk, and they were also also in the trunk was another set of golf clubs, much nicer that my roommate has. Oh right. And he's a righty. Yeah. So somehow my um, my roommate goes while I'm out of town. He gets the golf clubs. He gets his golf clubs out, and then I come back and I go, "Oh my god, my clubs aren't here!" And I, I even asked him. I was like, "Oh, when you got your clubs out, did you see my clubs?" 
No, I didn't see them. So that means they were stolen before, which is really weird because, A, his clubs are on top. So if you think if you're just breaking into the car for a quick grab, you're going to go for the, the top pair of clubs. So you're going to go for the nice pair of clubs, right? Or both. They're the top pair of clubs. They're a the right. nice set of clubs. You can only grab one set of clubs. He has a lot more metal and iron in his clubs if you're looking to recycle them or even if you're looking to sell them. It's obvious that his clubs are much nicer. Mm-hmm. But they're righties. So if the other clubs are lefties, then that makes me think, okay, if you're stealing left-handed clubs, maybe you have a vested interest. Left-handed clubs are hard to find, but they're not collector's items by any means. We just narrowed the burglar down to like 13% of the population <laughs> or whatever. I don't remember many of them. I, I still love that move when people are like so taken back. Oh, my God, you're a lefty? <laughs> you never told me that. <laughs> this female comedian, you never told me that. I never knew that. Like, kind of annoyed. Yeah, I, I, I think the more likely option is your your clubs were in there when you took me just didn't realize it or didn't notice it. Seems like yeah. it's super weird to steal the shittier ones underneath. But, that yeah, that's what's bizarre about it. They were literally stacked on top of each other. You couldn't get the, to the bottom clubs without taking the top clubs out. It's crazy. Unless you came through the back seat somehow. I don't know. Anyone listening, please please give my <laughs> golf clubs back. <laughs> yeah. It's a personal item. It's like getting your toothbrush stolen. Or even if you just have a set of left-handed golf clubs you're not using. Right. Just send them over to Play it again, sports. Feel free Pay to give forward. me a call. Pay it forward. Yeah. Some positive karma. All right. Speaking of sports, some people don't like to say that NASCAR is a sport, but I, I disagree. And I, I would think that... Um, this uh, pastor would also uh, disagree. <laughs> have you heard this clip, have, Casey? Yeah. All right. For those of you who haven't, uh, take a listen. This is a uh, pre-prayer ritual at a uh, NASCAR event. Heavenly Father, we thank you tonight for all your blessings. You said in all things give thanks. So we want to thank you tonight for these mighty machines that you brought before us. Thank Sweet. you for the Dodges and the Toyotas. Thank you for the Fords. And most of all, we thank you for Roush and Yates partnering to give us the power that we see before us tonight. Thank you for GM Performance Technology and the RO7 engines. Thank you for Sunoco Racing Fuel and Goodyear Tires that bring performance and power to the track. Lord, I want to thank you for my smoking hot wife tonight. <laughs> that, that, that's definitely the, uh, that's, that's, that's the real topper here. Lisa, my two children, Eli <laughs> I got Eva, or as we like to call them, the little E's. Lord, I pray you bless the drivers and use them tonight. May they put on a performance worthy of this great track. In Jesus' name, boogity, 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 amen. <laughs> I can't tell if that's the most uh, like professional, like if that's the most unprofessional thing like he ever could have done, or if he was super smart and like knew that he'd get played a bunch and maybe Goodyear would even throw him some money and like right he'd get noticed and this would be because more it's or like, maybe it's just good word of mouth for Jesus. I mean, we're talking about him right now, Casey. That's true, yeah. Just, I mean, yeah, sure. Yeah. But Not, I mean, he ended it with boogity boogity. Like <laughs> he was like literally throwing the middle finger up to everyone. Just being like, I don't give a shit about this. I'm name dropping my wife. I'm, I'm telling you first the nickname off, for our kids. Yeah, first off, 
one of the uh, Ten Commandments is thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, which he is just asking for, that's pointing true. out that God blessed him Smoke. with a smoking hot <laughs> wife. Yeah. Come on, what a, a little bit of humility. Yeah, that's true. All the guys in the stands are like, oh, man, I wish my wife was smoking hot. <laughs> She's barely smoldering. <laughs> and the way he went on with that GMC all-terrain vehicle or whatever, all performance, Yeah, you know, that's that's just another God coveting another, uh, right. <laughs> worshiping another. And here's the thing. Obviously, uh, the liberal kind of atheist view would just be like, oh, look at these people. They say they're religious, but they're just all about money. Why can't uh, a pastor have a sense of humor? No, what? totally. Yeah. What? Hey, yeah, obviously you knew uh, that was a joke. And if there is an almighty, all-knowing being uh, looking over us, I would like to think that Jesus would be able to hear that and go, hey, I appreciate the shout-out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, your wife is smoking hot. <laughs> the little E's, they're not bad kids. And, uh, yeah, let's let's watch some races. Yeah, I think he's also like, you know, this is going to be the, big, the most time that people ever hear my voice. Um, if I can Pastors t- do seem to enjoy hearing their own voice. If I can tell people that my wife's super hot, then <laughs> she's going to reward me. Uh, and then if whatever happens in the afterlife, I'll figure that out. Make, yeah, no. Make your wife happy. You know that you know you're happy. That. Happy wife, happy life, Casey. That's what mm-hmm. I. That's what I say. You say that every day. That's what I always say, and that's it. It's a phrase I live by. <laughs> Oh, I don't Jesus, necessarily I <laughs> got a pig snort from Casey. I'm getting punchy here just, late just, night. I, just, I like that though. Yeah, it is like almost two. Just, I just imagine you like every day, just being like happy wife, <laughs> happy wife. <laughs> just me, just begrudgingly hunched over the wheel of a Honda Element as I deliver groceries to weird people. That's the thing. Um, the dichotomy in Los Angeles residents is 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 brazenly sharp. <laughs> and as with the uh, grocery delivery customers, because you get. There's two types of people, really, and there's a, it's a really, really broad spectrum. But on the on the two different ends are extremely wealthy people who mm-hmm. are above shopping and don't care about financial means and find this extremely convenient. Mm-hmm. And on the lower end of the spectrum are people that are afraid to go outside and living on disability mm-hmm. and are basically shut-ins. Using their EBT card to get uh, whatever kind of sugary cereal and cigarettes that they can to get them through their day. Like, in the same day, I will go and I'll deliver to, um, what's his, uh, who's the guy who comes on after Letterman? Oh, uh, Ferguson? Yeah, deliver to Craig Ferguson's Mm -hmm. house. Speaking of smoking out wives, deliver to Craig <laughs> Ferguson's house, and then I'll deliver to a guy who has a lot of hay in his apartment. <laughs> Surprisingly, the guy in the, the guy who has a lot of hay in his apartment tips better than Craig Ferguson. Not that Craig Ferguson's a bad He's tipper. Ten dollars yeah. every time, solid, nice. like that. Yeah. The guy with hay in his apartment, twenty dollars. You know why? He's hiding shit. He doesn't want me to talk about <laughs> yeah, he it. Want... But I'm talking about it. Yeah. Sorry, hey guy. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't work out this time, buddy. I find you're not finding any needles in that haystack <laughs> that you got going on. He orders a ton of groceries, ton of soda, and just sits in his hay-filled apartment. That's so weird. It is very weird. Does he have like furniture? Or is it just like hay? Um, milk crates. He's wow. got a uh, he's got a uh, <laughs> treadmill, which some milk crates are stacked upon. Oh, he's got some. This guy fascinates me. He, he's got some furniture, <laughs> but there's just a little bit of straw kicking around. You know, it wasn't there wasn't a barrel, but at some point there was some hay in there. Oh, whoa. It, it wasn't. It wasn't a. He didn't have a manger set up. He right. wasn't. He wasn't praying to the Lord. So it wasn't a holiday season tradition. Maybe the kids got an Easter bunny going or something, something like that. It was just some hay kicking around, <laughs> kicking around, hay. some hay kicking around. But it is, it is fascinating just seeing the people 
getting a whiff of their apartment, immediately figuring <laughs> out what they do, their yeah. life. You can just read their eye contact, and you can kind of guess the tip. It's a, it's a real. It's it's kind of interesting. Yeah, exactly. well, you know that's what I. <laughs> That's what I try to take out of it. Right. I, I had a mo- I had a moment today where um, the guy was signing the credit card slip, and that's that's part of the thrill. Is uh, you know, it's like getting the Delta hold hold card and blackjack. You're like, what am I going to get? Yeah. And I looked at him. I go, this guy's got a four dollar tip written written all over him. Mm-hmm. Open it up, four dollars. And I'm like, it's a small victories in life. <laughs> yeah. Nailed it. <laughs> Speaking of the nail, this gal, I would like to get my hands on, of course. Casey, can you guess? The girl you'd like to get your hands on? Yep. Mentioned it a few times. Uh, I had a poster of hers my old man gave me. Um, um, uh, Reba McIntyre. Close. <laughs> really? No. Oh. Um, uh, I don't know. Let's take a listen. Oh, Gargamel. You've outsmarted us again. When I'm doing the voice for Smurfette, it's really interesting. <laughs> Katy Perry. Uh, I get to kind of be a part of creating her character <laughs> and um, adding little nuances to who I guess she is on the. See, what this is what women don't understand is I sat through ten minutes of this interview. She wasn't wearing a revealing top or anything. Just sitting there looking at her, just going, "That's Katy Perry. She's got sweet cans." <laughs> Oh, how terrible is that movie going to be? Yeah, I know. I mean, it, it's I, the Smurf movie's coming out, and obviously, as you, a you want to go on record, you want to go on record with me and saying that it's probably going to be a bad movie. Yeah, this is before I, it's come out, everyone. I promise. We're just we're taking a stab. It's one of those things. As a comedian, you're looking. You do the podcast. You're looking for an interesting point of view. So in my head, I'm like trying to go contrarian and think. Okay, where where can I go? Where's the positive angle in the Smurf yeah. movie that I can take? I watch Hank Azaria's working. Hank Azaria, that's good. <laughs> you know, Patrick Harris, he doesn't need oh, the yeah. money. Yeah. Katy Perry doesn't need the money. But, but hey, but, all right. I understand Patrick Harris doing. hasn't really done movies. <laughs> this is this is the Academy's going to notice him. This is going to be No, but like you have to be in a movie before people put you in movies. Right, that's true. But I, I feel like Neil Patrick Harris. I mean, I feel like even Doogie Howser, the movie. What? And all these... Uh, no, I'm saying oh, yeah. I, doing Doogie Howser the movie, I feel like, is a step up from the Smurf movie. Oh, yeah. Is there going to be a Doogie Howser movie? No, but I'm just uh, saying. Right. He if should, we're, if he we're just going like to remake crap from the 80s, yeah. why not Doogie Howser? Well, I don't think it's as impressive when you're like a 30-year-old doctor. It's like, yeah, <laughs> shut up, idiot. Everyone's a 30-year-old doctor. Why is your buddy still climbing in the window? Oh, well, th- in Casey, th- you don't have to crap on my points with logic. <laughs> Alex Trebek chases Vinny out the window. <laughs> Dude, the CGI looks painfully awful. <laughs> yeah, it does. And, it, okay, I don't get it. All right, so it's Smurfs because, hey, you can take your kid. I guess I don't have kids, so, hey, you can take your kids to it. But that, adults aren't getting um, – you can't do adult Smurf humor. Like, even that Katy Perry of, like, you Smurf with the wrong Smurf. <laughs> what? I mean – Young kids won't get that. That makes no sense. That's You'd be stupid. surprised what they laugh at. Right. Thing. But I don't. I just don't understand why they said it in New York. If you're going to make a Smurf movie, just make a Smurf movie. Just have it be. I mean, fish you, out of water. You did, you did Casey. However many seasons of the Smurfs that there must have been. Maybe. Yeah. They, why not keep the Smurf world? That's yeah. what's cool about the Smurfs. Yeah. They inter, They have this crazy trippy world where they drink blue juice and grapes or I don't know whatever say whatever stuff, the yeah. Smurf world was. It was its own contained world. That was interesting. Why are why are they going to New York City? It's the same thing with Garfield. Mm-hmm. What was cool about it was the three panel world he lived in. Why not just 
CGI that entire world. Uh, that to me, that seems or Yogi Bear. I mean, I'm sure what it's come down to is just the formula is, hey, let's this works or whatever. Right. Uh, you know, in whatever whatever bizarre way this works, we can kill thirty minutes by them just trying learning about the, the like our world. Like, oh, soap. We can have them play in on soap for a little <laughs> while, and then we can have them learn to brush their teeth and blow in big bubbles. And um, right, essentially, it's a movie Elf, but just with Smurfs. Yeah, and much I'm sure much shittier because Elf's an alright movie. Oh, Elf is not bad. Elf's Seen with uh, Artie Lang. I always think that's super hard. I think it's a, I think it's G. It's either PG or G, but I think it's G. And I'm like, to make a funny G comedy, that's pretty right. tough. Uh, and I thought I was like I, I give uh, credit for that. No, I, I uh, yeah, you got to give it up for Elf in the sense that that's something that comes on Thanksgiving. I mean, mm-hmm. it's kind of like a, a Home Alone where yeah. th- there's legit laughs there. Yeah, you can watch it with the family. And why do we have to act like you have to dumb it down that hard for us to us to be? You know, involved in it, or that that you can't find it's it's crazy elusive. I mean, okay, yeah, John Hughes is was very good, and the Toy Stories obviously aren't a dime a dozen, but but I do think it's I think it's just like everyone's like, oh, a Smurf movie is going to make this amount of money, whether we write a really good one or a really shitty one. So who gives a fuck? Let's just write one and get it out. Yeah, because no one, uh, you know, th- there's a certain percentage of the population who's going to go no matter what. So let's just not pay. Let's not pay someone who's good. Let's just not work on it really hard. Let's just get a script and do it. But yeah, In this I just, economy. <laughs> I just want to know the research that comes back. Where, you know what? This focus group saying red hot about these blue Smurfs. <laughs> who is still interested in Smurfs? Who watched that series and go? I could use more. Go to the theater tomorrow. <laughs> I guess I'll have just to see. Wait. I'm, I'm going to do a man on the street at the Smurf movie. That's smart. And and. Yeah, you know what? That's a good idea. Just ask them, write that movie ask down. Them if they like other Why dumb the hell? Stuff? You no, know, just go. What What are you doing here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just a simple question. Yeah. What are you doing here? Yeah. Why? Yeah. What else do you enjoy? Yeah. I want to crack your. It'll be, a, it'll be a lot of dads laughing, me like, "Oh, I'll take my kid." Yeah. Maybe go down to the kid. What? There, seriously? It, what it'll be here? in Hollywood. It'll be like two people, or it'll be like five percent of the people will be on mushrooms. Mm-hmm. Ironically, going yes, kind of a detached thing, mm-hmm. and then I guess a ton of kids, but. I don't know, man. I'd watch that just you asking like five year kids, like, <laughs> "Come on, man! Okay, come on, man! Come on, see man. through the, what are you the doing? key is maybe what are you just give maybe just give the microphone to the guys on mushrooms and have <laughs> yeah, them interview have the kids. Them interview the kids, man! <laughs> don't you see? I'm seeing through it. Come on, man! Open up your third eye, kids. Uh, please don't talk to my kids. <laughs> uh, that's a good idea. Speaking of uh, ladies with sweet cans, mm-hmm. Katy Perry. Well, obviously, it was one of them. But um, I was out in Denver on the road, and what do you do when you're on the road? You, you go out, you see the local sites, and uh, we were there. If you listened to the last episode, I, I shared some of the uh, kind of crazy uh, road stories, or just this basically one crazy night my uh, buddy in the Army had, and we were just kind of sitting back and witnessing. And one of the places he took us to was this kind of local, laughably bad uh, strip club called Dandy Don's, and it's, <laughs> it's, it is laughably bad. No, no chicks are attractive. You get dollar drafts. It's some place you go. It's basically hipsters and day laborers. It's sure. you, it's it's Los Angeles, like we were talking about. Right. So we're going there, and obviously we're just you know sitting there to kind of just be like, oh, hey, look at this. There's a vending machine sitting in the strip club, which I had never seen before <laughs> yeah. in a, in, a, in the main area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like literally, raisinets, <laughs> woman's birth canal. You know, three right. feet apart <laughs> from each other. Yeah. And that wasn't startling enough. What really threw me off was 
and I shit you not, there was a um, one of the things in the vending machine, G3. Casey, you'll never guess. Guess one food. Uh, Twinkie. No. Ramen noodles. Cup of ramen <laughs> noodles at a strip club. <laughs> I just, I want to just set up a camera there and just sit there and just wait for that one guy. First off, you know the value of a dollar. You're right there. It's like yeah. I can either see these woman's breasts, which obviously I'm very invested in because I'm here at the strip club, mm-hmm. or I can get a cup of noodles and hope hope the gal behind the bar is some hot water simmering. Like, what? Where are you going to take a cup of soup at a strip club? It's bizarre. I guess it's got to be for employees, right? Which is kind of sad. <laughs> that, like, I mean, it must be. Like, maybe they even fought for it. Like. It's all just shit in there. Come on, Larry. It's all shit in that vending machine. We need something real. I need, we need I a need, real meal. I'm, I got to feed my kid when he comes in here. I need some ramen. I need some <laughs> I need some fucking real in there. Yeah, what is um, – it should be a poll question. What is sadder? Is it the guy ordering the stri- – <laughs> Hey, bachelor parties. Hey, man, what happens here at Danny Don's stays at Danny Don's. <laughs> Don't tell my wife I got the cup of ramen noodles. <laughs> you come home. You smell like ramen. Where have you been? You've been at Dandy Don's again, haven't you? Eating noodles all night. <laughs> uh, I just find that personally amusing. <laughs> all right, well, uh, we're running out of time here, but I, I would like to delve into the NFL season real quick. We are we're waist deep in a free agent frenzy. Happened all at once. Happened all at once. Adam Schefter described it as Christmas and Thanksgiving all rolled up in one, and he oh. couldn't be more right. It was. Um, I'm sure, his wife feels. Differently. <laughs> yeah, she's like, "Wait, what about our anniversary, huh, Adam? Why not just throw everything in there?" It it was basically the um, the, the fr- whole free agency was just blue balls the entire time because they're just day one thirty of the lockout, sweet lockout, spinning graphics, and then just B roll of guys carrying briefcases the entire time, and just this tension building of negotiation points and i tell myself i'm not going to care about this i'm not going to get interested in it it doesn't matter i can't control this i'm not going to listen to it and then wait they knock it down from 14 otas to 10 otas they gotta make this deal happen demarius smith why do i need to know that guy's name i don't i was so excited when they finally broke the lockout that i was just trying to watch espn all day and then i realized Oh, they still don't have anything to talk about. Yeah, exactly. They're just talking about contracts. And They're just talking about Here's the what might happen. If the, this player goes to here, then this player could go here, and then they'd have restructured this contract, and then if they can become a free agent by signing this waiver, and, you know, I'm just like, oh, God, just play but football. But now, now we're finally getting it. We're finally getting some action, and it's enjoyable. My Eagles, they traded Kevin Cobb. They got a second-round pick and uh, Rodgers Cromarty, yeah. a uh, starting cornerback, which uh, – Will be a step up from who they got. So they got uh, Samuel and Cromarty. That's a pretty nice tandem of cornerbacks and a second round pick. People like to make fun of Andy Reid, but uh, he's really kind of. You took an aging veteran in Donovan McNabb, who, who knows, maybe he has some left in the tank, maybe not. I don't think Washington was a great fit for him. You take Donovan McNabb, you get picks for him, you get, I think he got two second rounders at the time, you got a Vic for very cheap, and he's turned into a star, and then that guy's backup, you got another second round pick and, and a, a starting quarterback. Yeah. So you got to kind of give it up for Andy Reid. Now, just hot off the presses, the Eagles have signed Vince Young to a one year deal. Sources are close to me and my buddy <laughs> Zach on Twitter, who got it from some guy on ESPN, I'm sure. 
to a one-year deal, which, okay, fine. I'm fine with that one-year deal. Vince Young, he can't do that much damage, right? And then uh, New England. New England making a splash. They got Ocho Cinco and Hainsworth in the same day. So on New New England. yeah, guys with crazy they, character problems. Yeah, and just like big free agents, they usually don't even. I mean, they usually yeah. Lose normally, they they go out of their way to spite the free agent market and go. You know what? We're just going to get nine million draft picks and just build up that way. Jets must be scaring them. They got to make some moves. Jets supposedly getting a uh, Niamdi uh, Asapu yeah. or <laughs> <laughs> not even close. Not even close. <laughs> now. What about your Vikings, Casey? They get Donovan McNabb. We which lose Sidney Rice. Donovan McNabb with Sidney Rice. I kind of like that. I, I think, but we lost Sidney Rice. No, I'm saying oh, yeah, if you yeah, could have yeah. kept Sidney Rice, yeah. you, you, got a, you got a little threat there. So now you got yeah. McNabb. You got Peterson. Mm-hmm. You're in a tough division, obviously, with Green Bay, Detroit. Mm-hmm. Well, um, just Green well, Bay. I mean, sorry, Green Bay, Chicago, Detroit, Detroit improving. Yeah. Chicago, who knows? They seem to be a uh, paper tiger. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I, I, the best Viking quarterbacks that I've seen in my childhood have been um, washed-up quarterbacks who come back and have one great year and then sometimes a second year. I think Cunningham had two good years. But, like, Wo- uh, Moon, Warren Moon, Brett Favre, um, all those guys, they they came, they gave us one good season, and then the second one wasn't worth it. So Yeah, no, people underestimate that you're playing in a dome. Hey, that feels good on the joints. You know, that I, playing in 72 degrees every game, that's helpful. Mm-hmm. Having a nice turf there, guys can run crisp routes, you can get a good feel for it. I, I think uh, I think McNabb might be all right. We'll see. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm, I'm trying still, to be I'm la- trying to be optimistic. Last for year you, was the worst year uh, for sp- Minnesota sports. I mean, like the dome collapsed. Like you literally, know, yes. Uh, the quarterback is having legal issues. Like the <laughs> legal the, issues. The coach. The, the, everyone hates the coach. Everyone. The entire country saw his channel. Just it was just a, it was the, it was the only year in, in recorded history where I didn't watch the majority of the game. So I'm I'm pretty. I'm, I'm, you were down on it, Casey. Yeah, I, was, I felt I felt sad for you. Yeah. I kept trying to talk about, hey, what about this NFL season? Because you know, we were at lunch and you have to talk about something. Yeah. You just you wanted none of it. No, we'll you see. just grimaced and then looked the other way and, and acted like it would go away. But, but NFL, it, who knows? Quick, things turn quickly. so They do. And I didn't think Green Bay was that great. I think they be, they got good at the end of the year, but I still thought uh, Pittsburgh was probably the better team. But I also hate Green Bay. so um, I agree. I mean, the Eagles were one play away from uh, from beating them. Vic had to run up and uh, force the ball into the end zone, trying to make a play. And that's the thing with Vic, okay? Yeah, granted, maybe we won't win a Super Bowl, but the guy is exciting to watch. So it's one of those things, hey, if we're going to go down, I'd rather go down swinging with a guy like Michael Vic because at least you know the game's going to be entertaining. I'd much rather that than just Kevin Cobb, you know, having a 9-7 and seven season and checking down the entire time. People are just – the media is just so high on Kevin Cobb. They're just so desperate for another emerging white quarterback star, yeah. the media. Yeah. They're just looking for the next Brett Favre. They're looking – oh, hey. And fucking Andy Reid's got the balls to give him Mike Vick and Vince Young. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's good for him, though. No, he, and – he, um, you know, everyone likes to say what Belichick, his control over teams and, and players. The Eagles have had a kind of iron fist as far as not taking crap from players, mm-hmm. you know, drafting well, great personnel decisions. Obviously, he can't, can't figure out clock management. <laughs> can't figure out his sons. His <laughs> yes, exactly. His sons are pulling out guns and coked up on major streets. That's the only, that's the only place he can't figure out discipline. He can handle like 57 household. guys, but he can't handle two of them. <laughs> yeah, 
exactly. The professional athletes making twenty million a year respect him enough that they won't misbehave. But the sons are shoving up. Uh, you know, there's a story of uh, his son shoving pills up his own ass and smuggling to prison. Right. Which um, is, is kind of a sad story. Sounds well, like if you're gonna br- if you're gonna bring pills into prison, might as well put them in your ass. I Actually, say. I forgot that uh, in this economy. I forgot that I hung out with Andy Reid's son. Um, once at uh, Penn State. I don't know if it was the same one who was into the heavy drugs, but I do remember being at a party at Penn State, and there was this weird redheaded kid sitting in the corner. Is he weird just because he was redheaded? He was just seemed very distant right. to the party and kind of in his own world. Maybe, drugs. He, maybe it was <laughs> one of his son. Maybe he was on pills, but I just remember going, oh, who's that uh, guy? Andy Reid's son. I'm like, oh, awesome. And then the, the, the person could see the gleam in my eye. They're like, I just like to talk about it. <laughs> like, all right, well, there goes the one interesting thing about yeah, that exactly. guy. Well, this that. was a uh, very interesting podcast. I want to thank mm-hmm. my guest, Casey Faye, for being on the program. Thank you. Casey, uh, where can people check you out if they want to get more Casey Faye? Uh, well, if, you, if you're a podcast listener, I do the UCBTLA podcast. You can find that at uh, ucbcomedy.com backslash podcast. I do the Los Angeles one of that, uh, the UCB Theater. And then uh, otherwise, uh, creamcomedy.com and uh, Internet Casey on Twitter. Check all those things out. Thank you very much. <coughs> Thank you very much, everyone. We do it live here on the Green Room Comedy Podcast. Thanks for listening to The Green Room. Check out SeanTGreen.com and click the iTunes link to subscribe to the podcast. Or follow the show on Twitter at Green Room Show.